When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. My phone was ringing off the hook. At least 12 voice messages, and more text messages were pouring in, all from the same woman. I had been friends with her since I was a small child. And so had my mother and my grandmother before. This particular friend had the unique gift of being immortal and had known our family as far as I could remember. When I'd become interested in storytelling, she and I became close as she knew many of the versions of the stories I was interested in, and she found me very helpful in figuring out technology. This afternoon, she was using it rather frantically. I started listening to the voice messages and couldn't make heads or tails of it, so I decided to call her. She picked up and burst out, I don't know what to do! Slow down, what's wrong? I looked in the mirror today, and I have a gray hair! Sometimes, for wonderful things to happen, there must be little sacrifices. The first teller for this episode is Jenny Cargill-Strong, a storyteller from Australia. She has the Storytree Company, which produces performances, recordings, and workshops. This is her telling, Condilly the Whale. story is a very different kind of creation story. It's a sacred story from the Kuwana and Ramanjeri Aboriginal people. They live near Victor Harbour in South Australia, and they tell this story to explain how whales came to have blowholes. Imagine how you might feel about whales and other creatures if you felt that they were actually your ancestors and a sacred part of your ancient family. Condilly. In the time before time, before people knew how to make fire, the creator gave the gift of fire to a man called Condilly. He put fire in Condilly's feet so that when Condilly walked... Sparks grew out of his feet. But when Condilly danced, great flames came out of his feet. The higher he danced, the higher the flames grew. Condilly was a generous man. Whenever anyone needed fire, he would happily travel to their country 
and do his fire dance for them. But there were two men who wanted to have the power of fire all to themselves, Taritpa and Jintrin. So Taritpa and Jintrin plotted to trick Kondili. They invited him and his friends to a party by the beach. Kondili accepted. Along with him came his three friends, Nakudla, who was a big, muscular man with long white teeth, Wataparu, who was a rounded man with a throaty laugh, and Mantidlu, who was a graceful dancer. A crowd gathered and welcomed Kondili. He painted himself up and began his beautiful fire dance. The golden glow of his fire lit up everyone's faces. Soon, Condilli had danced up a great bonfire. Everyone was having fun dancing around the fire, enjoying the warmth and looking forward to cooking their tucker on it. Just then, Taritpa and Jintrin snuck quietly from behind some bushes. As fast as lightning, they threw spears at Condilli, one after another. Condilli ducked, but one spear struck him in the back of his neck. Instead of blood spurting out of the wound, what do you think came shooting out? Yes, fire. Now, when fire had come out of Condili's feet, that was fine, because that is how the Creator had made him. But when fire came out of this new wound, it was terribly painful. Wataparu, Mantidlu and Nakudla said, Condili, dive into the sea. It'll put the fire out. They helped him run down to the sea and he dove in. The moment his body hit the water, Condili felt much better and he felt very different. He could swim so fast now. He found that he could jump high out of the water. When he breathed out, the air came out of his back in a puff of steam. The wound had become a blowhole. As you have probably guessed, the creator had turned Condili into a whale. Condili felt so good, he began to sing. (coughs) Meanwhile, on the shore, Condili's three friends were worried. They were calling his name. But the clouds had covered the moon, and they couldn't see him at all. Condili! Condili! Condili didn't answer. All they could hear was something huge splashing about, and a strange, beautiful song. They all dove into the water and swam out to sea to find their friend. But the moment their bodies hit the water, the Creator turned each of those friends into a sea creature. Nakudla was turned into a powerful shark. Wataparu was turned into a seal with a throaty bark. And Mantidlu became a graceful stingray and he could fly through the water. As for Taritpa and Jintrin, the creator was very angry at them. So he punished them by turning them into birds. In that way, They would never again enjoy the warmth and comfort of a campfire or live among their people. Taritpa became a bushlark and Jintrin was turned into a cheeky, woolly wagtail. 
So whenever you're by the ocean and you see a shark, a seal or a stingray, think of those friends. And when you see a whale out to sea, making a blow, slapping its tail against the water or breaching, jumping out of the water, you might think of the Ramanjeri and Kuwana story of Kondili, the keeper of the spark, who became a whale. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Thumbelina's Retrieval Service. Little things in life can be the things that are hardest to find. If you've dropped the wedding rings down the royal drain before the royal wedding, lost the single pea in the kingdom that was supposed to go under the mattresses, or just need to reach the 12 pens that fell behind the fridge, then call Thumbelina's Retrieval Service, here to get your story props out of the small spaces and into the story. Did you know that all the patrons of the podcast are taller in the morning than they are at night and are amazing supporters of Story? You can join this special group of people for as little as $4 a month. Head over to the website to find out more. A big thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. If you want to hear me make up facts about you, then maybe you should become a supporter too. It would be pretty cool. I stood at the front door, took a deep breath, and knocked. Immediately the door opened, and there stood my immortal friend, hair wild around her, frantic look in her eyes. How could this be happening? I am only 500 years old! Ushering me in, we went to the kitchen, and she talked on and on about her hundreds of years of taking good care of herself, how it was terribly unfair that she was going white, and what was she to do? I listened and made tea while she talked. I pointed out her mother was white-haired and just as strong as ever, but my friend insisted that didn't happen to her mother until she was at least 1,000 years old. I took another sip and glanced around the kitchen. Hey, did you just redo your kitchen? And did you paint it yourself, this lovely shade of white? I leaned across the table and inspected the white hair. It was covered in paint. All that afternoon, we laughed just as hard as she had been crying. The second teller for this episode is Sean Buvala, a storyteller, story coach, and fellow podcaster who releases the Story on Saturday podcast. It comes out every Saturday, as the name implies. The story he'll be telling for this episode is Seven Ravens and is from the Brothers Grimm. A girl has lost her brother and sets out to find them, and of course encounters hardship or what would be the point of the story. While this one is not considered a scary story, it does require a bit of brave heart to hear, so be forewarned. There once was a family that had seven brothers. Can you imagine living in a family with seven brothers? But yet, that is how this home was. The parents prayed that someday God would send them a daughter. 
it wasn't much longer that their prayers were answered and they were given a daughter. She was sickly, and the parents, fearing that she was closer to death than she was to baptism, sent the brothers to the river with a pitcher and said to them, Brothers, hurry quickly, go to the river, fill the pitcher with water, and return quickly so that we may baptize your sister before she dies. Well, the brothers did quickly go to the river, but being brothers, once they got there, they began to fight. They began to say who would be the one who would fill the pitcher, who would be the one who would carry it home. The father, back waiting at the home, knew what was going on and why it was taking so long. He knew his sons. He knew that they would be fighting over something trivial. And out of anger and frustration, he called out, Oh, that my sons would be turned into ravens and never bother us again. And as soon as he said that, the brothers were turned into ravens and flew out of the forest, not to be seen again. The parents raised the daughter as if she were an only child and never told her about her brothers. One day, when the child was older, she went to the very same river to fill a pitcher of water for the family. But when she got there, a water fairy rose from the river and said, Daughter, do you not know that your brothers were turned into ravens on the day of your baptism? The daughter said, I do not have any brothers. I am an only child. You must be confusing me with someone else. No, said the fairy. You have seven brothers, and on the day of your baptism, your father turned them into ravens, and only if you seek them out will they be turned back into human beings again. The daughter was confused. I would not even know where to begin to find my brothers. The water fairy said, Daughter, seek out the sun, seek out the moon, and seek out the stars. They will help you find your brothers. And the water fairy returned to the river. The daughter returned home and inquired of her parents if it were indeed true that she had seven brothers. Yes, said the parents, you did have seven brothers, but they were turned into ravens on the day of your baptism. The daughter decided to set out to free her brothers, and so gathered a few cakes and some wine in a bag and began to seek out the sun. Now she traveled for a very long time, and when she finally came to the sun, the sun growled at her. I do not have time for children. Leave me before I burn you away. The daughter left the presence of the sun, knowing the sun would not help her. And she traveled and traveled and traveled in the opposite direction until she arrived at the moon. As she approached the moon... The moon called out, I smell the flesh of men. And the daughter knew that the moon indeed would not help her. She traveled even further in yet another direction until she came to the stars. And the stars said, yes, we will tell you where your brothers are and how to free them. Take this. And they handed her a dried chicken bone, as if it came from the leg of a chicken. They said, take this bone, and when you arrive at the mountain where your brothers are ravens, take the bone and put it in the lock of the door. 
It will open, and when you discover your brothers, they will turn back into human beings. Go now, do not delay. Well, the daughter felt better that now she could indeed free her brothers from the curse that had been laid upon them, and traveled and traveled until she came to the mountain where the brothers were. She approached the mountain and the opening of the cave where the brothers lived, but when she got there, she saw that there was indeed a door. The sister opened up the pack where she had kept the little bone that was given to her by the stars. But as she reached for it, it fell from her fingers, dropped to the ground, and fell into a crevice. And the sister began to cry, for now she would not be able to open the door of the mountain where the brothers were. After some time, she thought that perhaps... Perhaps she could make a sacrifice, and she took a small knife from her pack and cut off one of her fingers. She took that finger, and she put it into the lock of the door, and the door magically opened. The daughter pushed the door open and began to walk inside the great castle inside the mountain, where the ravens were now lords. There was no one there. Turning around back towards the door... The very same fairy that was in the water appeared behind her and said, Daughter, you have come to free your brothers, but they are not yet here. They soon will be eating dinner. And the fairy picked up trays laden with food. The daughter said, I am very hungry. May I take a little taste from each of those place settings that you have? The water fairy said, Yes, of course. And the daughter began to drink and eat just a little bit from each of the place settings until she had had her fill of seven samples. While she was eating, a ring fell from her fingers, a ring that had been given to her by her parents on her day of baptism. The ring fell from her fingers and landed in one of the wine cups of which the brothers would drink from. The water fairy said, Now, daughter, it is time for you to hide, for soon... The raven lords will return. The daughter went and hid in a corner, and just as the water fairy had promised, the brothers flew in from the sky and landed at the tables. The water fairy then passed out each of the place settings, each of the meals to all of the raven lord brothers, and they began to eat. Finally, the last of the raven lord brothers discovered in his wine glass the ring, the family ring, he recognized it immediately and called out, Sister, sister, are you here? The sister appeared from hiding, and the brothers all in unison cried, Our sister has returned. And at that moment, the brothers were turned back into seven human brothers. And with great joy, the seven brothers and the sister returned to the cottage of their parents, where they all lived happily ever after, until the day they died. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Jenny Cargill Strong and Sean Buvala on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor is Dixie Wall Jasper. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. 
Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you've heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. If you'd like to become a supporter of the podcast for as little as $4 a month, you can find the links on storystorypodcast.com and hear me read your name and thank your beautiful face for the world to hear. If it isn't in the cars to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you'd be willing to go write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you will hear more stories next week. But until then... Live happily ever after. And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.